um, divorce and settlements. And we started lecture on settlement yesterday. And it happened also, you know, coincidentally that in land law, you know, I happened to have read my second uh, lecture instead of the first lecture. And the second lecture, well, emanates from the first lecture looking at joint ownership and the implications of joint ownership, tenancy in common and all stuff like that. And, you know, uh, joint tenants. But someone was saying to me yesterday that is it not a good thing to let the church understand when you say you are marrying the implication of what you're saying in law? Because many people don't know it. They jump into marriage. But if you jump into marriage and you are the one who earns more, okay? So if a woman earns more by law of England and Wales, a, a husband is supposed to be in a position to provide for the family. That is the fundamental law. But in a situation whereby the wife is richer, the wife is more industrial, she has more money, she has you know, properties and stuff, and the husband begins to mess about and there is a divorce, the woman will pay that man all her labor. This is not a woman's state. The woman will pay. The woman, the things that you will, the person will pay is what we are treating right now. Okay? And when we are treating it, I was amazed because I deliberately asked my lecturer yesterday because he's talking about man paying, man paying. I said, ah, what about if it is the woman who earns more? He said, the woman will pay. He said, whoever has the bigger pocket is the one that will pay. And some of these things that they say they should pay is so strange. One of them could be that the one who has money will have to pay for the maintenance of the other person till death. Okay? Your pension that you have labored for, they have to take out of it sometime and have to give it to the other person. I would be now. You bought the house yourself. Once you are married, it's 50-50. First, unless you can show that at the onset, there is an intention not to have it as 50-50. And proved by documents. I would get that now. So, I think the church people need to know the calamity of marriage. I will call that title the calamity of marriage. <laughs> and leave me, leave me for a few times. Just give me two more, two more weeks. I will have finished all my research and studies on that. And then I can talk to you without taking you into rubbish. Because the law is rubbish. And it's not good for you. But the, the knowledge of it is what you need. But who sued who, according to who said what, you don't need all that. But I need to finish my next two, two weeks on it. And I'll be able to teach you the calamity of marriage. But is that not the reason why in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 18, if you look at what the Bible says there, it says, and God said, Genesis chapter 1 verse 18. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 I'm talking about, sorry. And God said, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him what? Helper suitable. And if you look at that, therefore, no woman should rush into marriage. I think from what we are looking at on compensation, I think every woman should marry a man who is either financially better or who has the capacity to do so. Because if you are a visionary and you marry a man who is not a visionary, you'll be frustrated. 
the brain of a woman, the way it works. I, you know, I really come to recognize this week too that there are some parts of the organ of man that is totally different from woman. Like your heart is smaller and the man's heart is bigger. And so in the brain too. Now, the, the way God created a woman is that he always want to help. If you look at if I call for helpers here now to come tomorrow, more women will come than men. No be so. Not so. So, <laughs> I just came from Nigeria, so I can't say anything. Now, so therefore, because God created women to be the suitable helper to the man. And if you look at chapter 3, we'll talk about that later on as we go. Not today. When God cursed the man and the woman or pronounced the sentence, I won't say curse the woman. I, I refuse to accept that God cursed them. God did not curse them. God only pronounced the, the consequence of their sin. Okay, he said to the woman that your desire shall be for your man, for the man. While he said to the man that in your labor, sweat, you will toil. He said you will toil the ground; it will give you thorns and thistles. So those are the two things. Of course, we know that both man and woman now toil, but originally women don't toil; they are just to take care of the family, the children, and stuff like that. While the man goes out and look for how the family will fend. And up till today, every man has that, you know, you know, built in him that I have to provide for my family. Alright? A man who doesn't have such build is not really a fool man. He's not a fool man. He's a sissy. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah, that's just it. You know, it's not sissy they call a, woman, a man that behaves like a woman. Alright? A, a man who sleeps at home and expects the woman to go out and get this the food and everything. He's a sissy. He hasn't graduated. He's still a boy. He hasn't graduated from the mother's uh, breast. He's still suckling. Now, listen to me, therefore. So, because you have this uniqueness of man, that a real man would like to go out and do something to make sure a friend for the family, and you have this about women, that they're always looking for something to help. Innovation, a vision to develop and stuff. Men can have visions, but women will develop the vision and tell you how to get it done and stuff like that and push you into doing it. We will do that. That is the nature God created them. And if you look at also, in education, women are early starters. You know, primary school, secondary school, they are very fast and acquiring things. And men are late starters. Of course, you can have men who, from beginning, they are very active and agile and they are achievers. But a good number of men always get uh, their senses together when they are getting to the, towards their late teenage age. Whereas a young lady by 9, 10 has been doing what mature person does, following the mother and stuff like that. Therefore, a woman must make sure she marries a man that is able to think. Because if you don't, and you are a, a, a forward thinker, you'll be frustrated. So don't take... Don't look for a jobless man for husband or a man who hasn't got solid job. If a man tells you that I want to marry you, I have this and that and that, tell him to show you the certificates. And you throw your own certificates on the table. You see, marriage is a contract. You need to know that. You don't rush into it. Don't ever, if you, if you serve God, don't ever think that you will, be, um, you will be left behind. Impossible. God can never do that. And if you can be patient with God, He will give you the best choice. Oh, my mates are getting married. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Many people rush into marriage only to cry 
till their death. Are we together now? Because once you lock in your head, you can't go out. And I've told you now, the Bible says you should not go out. What God has joined together, let them put asunder. But the fact is that the law also tells you, you better stay there. Because if you go out, we're going to go after you. You see that the law and the, um, the Bible are paripasu. Yes? Am I talking now? That's the reason why you have to be careful who you say yes to. Examine everybody thoroughly. If anybody comes to me and says, I want to marry, I will investigate them. Whatever you say you are, I will investigate it. Another thing in marriage is this. We'll come into that in a minute. Here it says, it is not good for man to be alone. I make him a helper suitable. So woman is a helper, but you must marry somebody that you can help. Not somebody that is looking for you to be the one who runs the house and he is helping you. Are we together now? Come on now. Sure. Alright. Now, go straight down to verse 19. We wouldn't need 19 and 20, but let me just read the story so that you can be appraised. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and stuff. Go to verse 20, please. And it says, So the man gave names to all livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field, but for Adam, there is no suitable helper found. You understand that God established here, in, you know, behind the words, that bestiality is forbidden. Because among all the animals, no one is suitable for the man. Okay? So bestiality is a forbidden thing before God. Because no animal was suitable to be a suitable helper. Now the next verse, very quickly. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. This is one of the scriptures that help us understand that the first anesthetics was done by God. This is the first surgery. It was never done before. God took a rib. He must have cut the man. He put the man to sleep, that Bible says. This is what the doctors are trying to develop to put you to sleep when they're doing operation and stuff like that. Okay? Now, no, don't go away from that yet, please. And it says that God took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. So he took a rib and he closed up with flesh. What does he want to do with the rib? The next verse tells us. In the next verse it says, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. So it means that every man is looking for his rib, his missing rib. If you pick a wrong rib, it will not fit in. A lot of men pick wrong ribs. Oh, she looks attractive. She looks godly. Doesn't mean he's godly. She looks attractive. Doesn't mean she looks good. A woman can be extremely beautiful and extremely wicked. Those two combinations go a lot with many women. But it says here that God took the, the rib and made it to a, a woman. Okay, because it says... Out of, of, you know, of uh, taking the rope and making it to, uh, and brought her to the man. Then the Lord God made the woman from the rib go back. The Lord God made the woman from the rib. When the, you who is in that uh, something, be reading when I'm reading. Listen to what I'm teaching you. Don't be, don't panic on that thing because I will ask you questions out of what I've taught. So, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. 
he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. Let me say this to you. I've taught you this long ago. In the history of this church, I taught a lot about marriage. There is something in mathematics we call Venn diagram. Now, Venn diagram is a diagram that shows the pattern of grouping of humanity applied to marriage. And it's a circle that is intersecting. Okay? You have circle A and circle B intersect A. Alright? Then you have circle C. It intersects A and B. Okay? So where A and B intersects is A complement. Have A and B. They have A complement. You have the intersection. You have B intersection and C and C intersection with A. Then you have another one in the center that intersects the three. Now, this is how the personalities are. Let me say this to you. Those of you who are getting married, you may read books. I don't, I don't, books is good. Bible says you read books because a, a Christian should be wide in reading. You may go to the paid counselors who cannot keep their own home. Are we together now? Those who went to do counseling university degree do not keep home, many of them. Okay? They are theorists. But let me say this to you. The counsel I give you here is the only thing that you can use. Anybody who counsels you in marriage, and the counsel is, is different from what I'm counseling you, which is scripture, if you use it, you will regret. You will regret. Especially in the area of trying to describe humanity. It is based on philosophy that came out of the brain of man, carnal mind, which is not spiritual at all. And you have to look through the lines to understand. For any philosophy to be believed, it has to be based on the scripture. If it's not based on the scripture, it doesn't work. That's the reason why those who are American sellers to PhD professors, they can't keep home. Because those stories don't work. The only thing that works is the word of God. Okay? We understand from this scripture that... A good number of people miss their ribs on earth. Because one, the time they took decision to marry, they are still immature. Okay? They don't understand what marriage is. And others to marry out of compassion. A girl is dancing around you before you know it. You got involved in immorality, then it's your whole wife. Okay? Other girls too. A boy came around them, flinging around them. They felt that he, he has a good style. And you married only to recognize that style don't provide money, food. Yeah, style does not bring food on the table. Are you with me now? And then you grew mature to recognize that what have I done to myself? So I will say this that decision of marriage is better taken the older you are. At a very young age, you don't know what it is. If you're in a relationship, don't say yes or no. Until you are matured enough to understand what would you desire as a wife and as a husband. In the character and behavior. Do you understand me? And also, asking the Lord so that you can marry by revelation. If you marry by revelation, you will not miss it. You will get your real rib. But if you marry by instinct or other means you are possible to miss your rib. 
So that is where the issue of Venn diagram comes in. In personality, which is very broad scripture. I, will, I don't have time for that today, but I'll teach you more on human personalities and I show various personalities in the Bible. That will help you to understand the ring of personalities. There are some people, human beings, that they can marry anybody. Okay? Either the husband is a useless man or is a good man, they will still live all right. Those people don't have this sentiment of hurt and hate. Tell them to sit down, they will sit down. Tell them to stand up, they stand up. Move, they move. Stop, they stop. They don't, they are human beings who don't have this sense of, you are rude to me. Anything you do. Okay? There are people like that. They just want peace at all costs. People like them can marry anybody. But there are some other people who are very finicky. Okay? A person is very, very finicky. If he marries a person who is really dirty, it is the fundamental recipe of headache. In marriage, I tell you, you will take minimum of 30 years to train that person to be neat. Are we together now? If a person grew up to the age of marriage, about 20 something, before, you know, in a particular system of life, dirty, as far as it's concerned, he doesn't distinguish between death and uh, neatness. You know, everything is same. You're going to have a headache to be able to get that person in. Therefore, such person will be A, compliment, which does not intersect marrying somebody in B, which doesn't intersect. Now, if you are A, compliment, that is, you are in the band of A that does not intersect with B and C, and you marry somebody from B or C, 50% of your, mar- of your compatibility, you are just about 50% compatible. That even really 25 to 50, that makes you 50, is on the very, you know, very, you know, borderline. You have to work it out. But if you're a Christian and you marry, it doesn't matter. You have to really work it out. That is when long-suffering shoots in as gear one. Amen? That's when long-suffering shoots in. Because as a Christian, you put in your head, you can get out of it. I would together now. So, there are four. Let me keep that away because I want to talk about other things. I will teach you practically on this issue. Really, when I'm teaching about that, anybody who has done counseling to a degree level, I want to take you on. So that we look at the theories that you have known. So that we can straighten the records out. Because the word of God is the, is the beginning and the end of knowledge. So if you look at it, there are four. The rib is what a man is looking for. And the suitable helper is what a woman is looking for. A woman is looking for the whole man from where the rib was taken. It takes God to reveal it. Let me say this to you. Some of you may not understand this. It, when you meet the, the rib God has given you, does it mean you won't disagree? You have disagreements. Disagreement doesn't mean you are not compatible. But what happens, how you handle disagreement is what tells whether you are compatible. Am I together? If I love you, if I disagree with you, it doesn't mean I'll be rude to you. I can disagree with you, but I will not then do something that will seem to me as if, seem to you as if I hate you. 
Are we together now? Like, let me say that you are talking to me, I disagree with you, and then you slap me. You don't love me. I mean, if you truly love me, you can't get to that. Or because you disagree with me, then, you know, uh, you are the one who, you know, maybe you support me with 20 pounds and stuff, and you say, okay, I won't do that anymore. That is no disagreement. Okay, that is punishing somebody else. Because when you meet the person you marry, you will have some differences, but your weaknesses will complement your strength. And your differences, you will work out together. Amicably. Really, whoever you, that really loves you will not want to hurt you. Anything he knows that you love, you know, good things, he will love it. He will listen to you with the heart. And we want to do everything to satisfy you. Either both sides. That's how you know the person who really loves you. Not somebody today you argue, tomorrow you argue. I've told you if you're in a relationship and you argue every day. Don't go to marriage until the day you reach this front. And I ask, do you, does anybody have any reason why we shouldn't marry? And I ask both of you, do both of you now have any reason? Up to that hour, somebody can say, say, I think we should stop this marriage and we will stop it. You are not indebted to marry a person because you have printed cards and you have brought someone to the marriage altar. You are not indebted. You can still say, that's why we ask you that do any one of you and we make you individually to read that I know not of any impediment individually you read it. At your time, you can say, I know of any, some impediments. An apostle or bishop or pope or pastor, I think we should put this marriage on a freeze. And according to God and the law of the land, we must take a recess. And we take you in, we call off the court and we ask you, can you explain why? If it is your conviction, we have no right to ask for evidence. We walk by conviction because marriage is a contract. You have not signed contract. There is no consideration for, the, for, the, for, for your contract until you say, I know not. And then you now read the oath. The moment you read the oath, contract is signed. I will together now. So, it is better for you to be ashamed at the altar and everybody go and eat their food. And you go away. People will talk. They will only talk for a little while. And they will shut their mouth. Because nobody will live in that woman's house. Or in that man's house. With you. Nobody will. People say, manage it, manage it. The moment you manage it and problem happens. They will say to you, that, please, I also have my problem. Don't bring your problem here. You have now entered it. You know how it is. Uh, so, you pay everybody for body. Go and handle yourself. <laughs> it is a matter of understanding and wisdom. But let me say this to you spiritually. When you meet the person you will marry, there will be a connection from inside. Other people, you may love them, you may think you love them, but you, you will not have real peace inside. There will be some but that you may not be able to put your finger on it, but you will know that this is not complete me. In such relationship, you stop it. And pray more. I've told you as a woman, don't be afraid that ah, you are getting older. You are not older, my friend. You serve God with all your heart, He will fix you up. That is a fact. God will fix you up. There is a lady whose father called me from Nigeria yesterday. And that lady is my daughter too. 
because I will officiate her wedding as her father. She called her dad. Her dad told her, the family, when will you marry? She said, I haven't found the person I will marry. God will show me the person I will marry. And others are marrying. All your friends are marrying. She said, no, I'm not. The only thing I'm facing is God and my academics. I want to go as far as possible. And that I will tell you women. If you get into love relationship, it will early, it will affect your academics. Because a woman doesn't have the ability to spread herself in various things. Whenever a woman puts her head, she puts all her energy into it. So it's good for a young girl not to get intimate with anybody until you have achieved all what you want in life. Okay? If you are in relationship, you keep it abreast, just arm's length, so that you give your full heart. If a man says, I can't wait, let him go. Okay? Because at the end of the day at home is what you have earned that will sustain you. A woman does not want to depend on a man. I would get that it's not a good life for a woman. Because if there is an issue, you can take care of yourself and that puts you in a better footing. Whatever the case may be, that lady now told the dad, suddenly the dad said that, she just called and said that, she's not 31. The dad said, oh, you are 30, you haven't got a husband. I said, no, I haven't got one yet. Then he met some, she met somebody and that person, she told the dad that, well, I've met this man. And God told me that he is the one. I have studied him and he's, you know, he's reasonable. The man is a chartered accountant. And of course, she still has a master's degree and working somewhere, whatever. And she told the dad, when the dad put pressure on at the age of 30, she said, Dad, and she's at 31. I think she's going at 32. She said, Dad, I am a virgin at 31. I will not sell my virginity to a useless man. She said, Dad, know that. I'm 31. I'm a virgin. No useless man will see my nakedness. I serve Jesus. If I have a husband, if I don't have a husband, I live like that. But that I will go and open my nakedness to any useless man, forget it. It's not going to be me. I'm going to wear that woman in September in this church, in the cathedral. She's not a member of CFT. But she's my daughter. I said her testimony is worth talking about. Worth talking about. That is the scripture. Don't rush into what you cannot get out of. The man took the rib, made it to a woman, and brought the woman to the man. Isn't it? So, and that tells you, you must pray and have divine revelation before you say yes. I will together now. You boys, be careful. If a, man, a woman dances around you, if you go for that woman, you are a dead man. A young man must not... If a woman is dancing around you, you must bypass that woman and go for somebody else. Because it is the man that should go for the woman. A woman who dances around people are useless. They can't make a good mother. They are brash. In a short time, you will still see their true color. You know... When I talk to you about marriage, you'll recognize that I raised my kids also among you. And the same thing I tell them in the secret, I tell you in the public. Because a person may, be, may have the capacity to be very successful in life. But if that person marries wrongly, she will be or he will be completely frustrated. You would prefer to be a poor man 
with a good husband or a good wife than to be a millionaire with a bad husband or wife. You know, there is one case, case um, um, we're looking at yesterday in, in the class. A woman married to a man, and both of them bought a house. And then they discovered the marriage wouldn't work anymore. So they, they separated, okay? And the woman then eventually met another man, okay? So they divorced. So when they divorced, uh, when they looked at the settlement, they told the woman to pay the man off, and the woman took the house. And no, 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 no. They told the, they told the woman to stay in the house, because of course they have a child and they stay in the house. And that man must be taking care of the woman. I think it's a thousand pounds were given the woman. And then the woman was staying with a cohabitant, another man. And the man has been paying her. And she's living with another man. All right? Mm. So the man is funding another person's. They decide not to marry because if they marry, that sustenance will stop. Eh? So, and then after some time, the four years passed for the maintenance, and she went back to court and said that, I want to, you know, renew the order. And the court says that it was the issue. The man said he has been staying with this man for some time and stuff. And the court looked at the condition and said that, no, that's sustenance stop. Okay? But she got the house. All right? And when she got the house, this man, new man, Mr. Fox, that she got married to... <laughs> No, his name is Mr. Fox. Isn't it? His name is Mr. Fox. Now, Mr. Fox, who she now married, Mr. Fox now went and used the house and took some loan and forged her signature. You know, her real husband wouldn't have done that. Okay? So, forged her signature. And after Mr. Fox has collected so much money, Mr. Fox died. It happened in Southeast London here. May you not marry Mr. Fox. <laughs> so when Mr. Fox died, the bank came in for false charge, and then the woman presented evidence that it was forged. Of course it was forged, but the person has false charge. The decision of the court is that she's obliged. I asked my lecturer that, ah, that's a crazy law. <laughs> I said, how can she? He said, yes. Because they have false charge. But you understand that if she had been with her false husband, their love, early love, that man would not have forged. That man gave her everything. And Satan took it away. Be careful when you marry. I will get there now. Don't rush into it. I can tell you many more things in three weeks' time. Now, it says here, the next verse, so God brought the woman. So God must choose for you. Don't marry because your heart burns towards a woman. You, you don't know what is wrong with your body. You will soon know it. <laughs> you may not know what is wrong with your body now. Keep that body intact. Oh. I tell you something. Tell your body that you must know what is wrong with you. But love is not blind. Love has two eyes and it sees. If you don't open your eyes wide before you say yes, eh? when you enter... Your eyes will be wide to the extent I cannot close. Are we talking together now? So love is not blind. 
Let me say something to you. You may have a relationship with someone and say, that, ah, if I live, I won't be able to sleep. You, you won't be able to sleep maybe just for a few weeks. It's better for you to have night vigil, which you have not been having, <laughs> to avert disaster from your head. I told you in this house, the first woman I would have married, I met her very young. It is parents' arrangement. Hallelujah. <laughs> parents can arrange and it can be correct. But most times, you have to look under the veil. Yourself who want to marry because parents won't live at home with you. Whatever the case may be, they have, they have signed the parents have exchange contracts. And, uh, and we have been grown together. And I thought I loved her because every day I just feel like seeing this woman. Something is turning me in the belly, my belly. As if, if I don't see this woman, I will not live. If I will not see this woman, I will not live. Until, but you know in our own time, it is arm's length. You can't touch the woman. You can't go near the woman. Every time you talk, people are there and stuff like that. I can stay be, be behind the fence here. She's on the other side of the fence and we are throwing words and stuff. You can't kiss the woman and all stuff like that. But you see, four years into the, into the courtship, that I thought that if I don't marry that woman, that's the end of my life and so on. We were discussing. And uh, I said, we we're talking about church, how we dance in church and we worship God. And she said that, no, I cannot do that. And when she said that, something triggered inside me, deeper inside. Deeper than the inside where the love is. <laughs> Are we together now? <laughs> so, so I said, I called her name. But I said, you mean you won't dance before God? She said, no. And I love my Lord than anybody. Than my mother. My mother is the one I love most on earth. Okay? But I love God more than her. Until I met my wife. That she replaced my mother's love. But you know what? I said, if you will not dance for God, I'm gone. She thought I was joking. The moment I turned my back, my eyes cleared. Like a veil was taken out of me. Then I knew that, come by the way, the type of leg of a woman I want is not the leg she has. I'm telling you the truth. The type of neck of a woman I want is not the neck she has. I said, by the way, what has been wrong with me for four years? I sat down, and that day I thought and thought and thought and thought and thought. I said, no, no, no. Because humanly, there are some type of shape that attracts each person. She doesn't just have any statistics that... <laughs> but before love had blinded, not only my eyes, but my brain. But God set that day up for me to think twice. Ah, from not like to dance for my God. Ah, but look at yourself. I walked away. So don't go and marry someone before compassion. Because they walk you together. Because you are playing together. Ah, be careful. Be careful. And the day I met my wife, but I recognize inside me, deep down inside me, beyond that inside before. <laughs> I knew, this is my wife. So when I went to my wife, I just told her that you are my wife. I want to marry you. The first thing you say to a woman, you are my wife. I want to marry you. I don't know how to woo a woman because I've never wooed one. The one I was with, somebody, the parents wooed themselves. 
Hallelujah forevermore. <laughs> so now, beloved, it was when I met my wife, then I went to pray. And the Lord said, that is your wife. But not four years, you didn't tell me. He said, you didn't pray. I just, my heart just burned for her. The first one. But this one, my heart is in it. And let me say this to you. I've told you before about my relationship with my wife. My relationship with my wife from scratch. You will know that my wife never asked me for a penny. No. At the time we were relating, when we went into work you know, and stuff like that, there was a time she was working. I wasn't working. She would bring her pay packet and give it to me. Without opening it. I said, but I don't need it. How do you know a husband? It's not the one who takes the money and lavish it. I tell her, I don't need it. She says, but we eat, I eat at home, we eat together. I don't need this. She said, just keep it in case you need some money. Okay, I'll keep it. Whenever she needs something, I'll give it to her. Whatever she would take for off or tight and stuff, she'll take it out of it. And then, now, if my wife was doing that, I don't know where to buy clothes. I don't know where to buy shoes. I don't know. That is how our courtship was. She never demanded a dime from me. And I never demanded a penny from her. Any courtship different from that, run from it. You meet a woman, she's demanding this, she might die. Just tell her you are coming. You leave her in all sorts of ways, say, I'm coming, and you go. <laughs> Never look back. He said, but why did you leave me? I said, ah, dear, you are too heavy. I can't carry your weight. Because she love is giving. A true love gives all. True love gives all. And love cannot squander. And while we were in courtship, that was how our courtship was. We spent our courtship praying and planning the kind of life we want to live. Saving to get, I mean, working out. She has an account, I have my account. And not today. Though, I have my account, she has her account. But nobody controls anyone's account. She will need money from my account, she can take it. If I take anything from my account, she won't ask me why. That is what marriage is. Let me say something to you. The question is this. When you are in marriage, you are in joint partnership. Well, not joint partnership. I think what I can liken it into is one of the things that, uh, I think we'll be doing that next week in, in class. It's called um, you know, when you look at the, the co-ownership of a property, there is one they call joint tenancy and the other one is tenancy in common. Now, joint tenancy means that the two of us own a property. You have 100% right over that property and I have 100% right over the same property. What it means is that I cannot will the property to anybody, my part of it, because it's 100%. And you cannot will your part because it's 100%. So, how does this terminate? If I die, you own everything. Because when you are alive, you own 100% as well as I own 100%. You cannot deprive me from a part of the use, and I cannot deprive you from a part of you. We use it all together. So when I die, you take over. That is marriage. It's joint tenancy. Till death do us. I would get it now. 
So if you know that they are four, can you be hiding money from this one and hiding a property somewhere? When you die, wherever you go, nobody will know that you have those properties. It happened in Nigeria to a pastor. It will not happen to you. Now listen to me, therefore, before you're going to marry, you must understand this, that God brought the woman and says, the man said, this is the bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called what? Woman, for she was taken out of man. That is what you get when God chooses for you. Complete satisfaction. Complete satisfaction. They are waiting for me in cathedral. But let's finish this very chapter and I go. Look at the next verse. It says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. That is talking about sexual intercourse. Sexual intercourse. You become one flesh with anybody you have sex with. So if you have sex with more than one person, you have become one with several people. First Corinthians 6, we'll look at that deeply. And that will give you multiple personality. Because if you have sex with somebody, your spirit bonds with that person. Because out of the man comes life, which is the semen. Out of the woman is the, the fluid, which also has the white cells. And when the blood mixes together, the, the life of a man is in his blood. Something goes out of you into that person and out of that person into you. So if a person is sleeping with various people, you have multiple personalities, demons can oppress you, can bamboozle you, can destroy you, can do whatever they like with you. And at the end of this lecture, I'll teach us about the seven, seven consequences of sexual immorality if a person gets himself involved in it. So, they became one flesh through sex. Okay? And then the next verse says, the man and his wife were what? So you must not be naked to anybody that is not your wife or your husband. You mustn't. Except medically if you have to be treated for, you know, some diseases. But the nakedness he's talking here is sexual nakedness. He's not talking about just, you know, stripping naked. He's talking about having, being naked, having intercourse. That's what he's saying. He says they knew no shame. So if anybody... Have sex with somebody else, you should have shame. Are we together now? So what about if you are not married and you are involved in it? You should have shame. That's the reason why if you are not married, you cannot really enjoy sex. Because if you get involved in it, especially if you are a Christian, you'll be having this guilt and all stuff like that. You get out of this, Satan will be depressing you, oppressing you, and running after you, and you are bamboos. And also, why, why do you do that? Spare yourself from the calamity. You will not enjoy it. So why do I do it? And at the end of the day, if the person you have said, you said, I'm sorry, I'm not interested anymore, then you start having some monetary pain. You should just uh, follow one, they call it in, in my language. You can't have honesty pain. If someone, you know, had a, you, have, you have given yourself to one person and stop and say, I'm no more doing. So what should you do? You carry your bag and baggage and then learn a lesson from that and keep yourself safe. I would mean that. Don't let a woman, you woman, don't let a man talk your head into to be foolish. Okay? A man says, I want to marry, I want to marry. Okay. Let's go and see my pastor. Full stop. If you don't bring the person to me, to see me, and you go and put your head into it, when you now come together, I will just say, the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Huh? If I see anything, I will just shut my mouth. 
say, may the Lord help you. If, you. if you hear me pray for you, may the Lord help you, then you should understand that you are going into a serious problem. But if I say, may the Lord bless you, then that is a good relationship. I would mean that. What I taught you in this church is this, and I repeat myself again and again, you can quote me. If you know you are going to meet, you meet somebody and you can be in relation to marry, come and ask me. At least if I can't give you money, I can pray. And if I pray, maybe I will see or I will hear. Hello? Tell them in cathedral that. As a spiritual oversight, you know in this house you have a man of God. Okay? A man of God is known by his heart for the flock. When you are hurting, I'm hurting. You know, if you have pain, I have pain. If you rejoice, I'm happy. But if I rejoice over some and I'm sorrowing over the others, my joy is not complete. Because I'm not a pastor where you get in trouble now, you call apostles, uh, well, uh, you have to book for six months and they are postponing for another six I'm not such a person. I'm going, you talk to me. I listen to you. That's why you should listen to me now. I may not be able to give you money, but I can see and I can hear. A woman in this church brought a man to me. I'll tell you two cases. I was in my office and the man came and said, Ah, you know, you know, prostrated on the ground, stand up. I said, sit down, sir. He sat down. What do you want? He said, I want to marry your daughter. That's why we have come. And he was telling me how she's good, how the woman is this, how the woman is that, and all manners of good things about the woman, and how he loves the woman, and all stuff. He didn't know I was praying. I was smiling, but I was communicating with the one who sent me. Because in this matter, I will not wrong any mortal man. And the Lord said to me to tell him that he's a fraud. I said, Oga, <laughs> you are a fraud. You know, God, if God says something like that, when he said to, to Peter, get you behind me, Satan, he didn't measure whether it was a statement that is palatable or delicious or undelicious. He told him, what God said is I'm a fraud. If you took me to court, I will tell the judge that God told me to tell him I'm a fraud. So I'm quoting God. It's not my opinion. I don't know why he's a fraud. He first stood. Then he went to the ground on the floor. And the prostitute said, I'm not a fraud, sir. I'm a genuine. I'm born again. I'm blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. I said, stand up, sir. My God doesn't speak half word. Sit down. I said, Lord, why is he calling this my fraud? He said, tell him that what about his wife in Nigeria and two kids? I said, what about your wife in Nigeria and two kids? Oh, he said that I had told her that I am married in Nigeria, but I have divorced. And I had lie. Eh? I, I said, lie. <laughs> I said, lie. I'm hearing God. I can't hold it when he speaks. So he said, he said, um, 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 um. I said, well, he said, I'm not lying. I said, okay. He who contends with his maker. I told the sister that, sorry, if you treat me as your father, 
I will say, don't go ahead with this man. The man was sitting there. What will he do to me? Nothing. I'm a boxer. <laughs> ah, if he tries to become unbecoming, I know where to set my first punch. And he will need uh, the ambulance to pick him up. Before the ambulance comes, I will have resuscitated him and they will take him up, take him away without a problem. Whatever the case may be. They left. After a while, the sister came to me and said, Apostle, I want to go ahead with the marriage. Let me tell you, I waited them. Because that's my duty. That's my duty. There's no way in the Bible that tells me to wait people that God said they are to get their, their right for one another. Or when God says that they shouldn't be. Unless God said to me that don't wait them, I won't wait them. God didn't say that to me. Just told me that this is what is married. She wants to marry. But let me tell you something. It was a disaster. The woman has built, he has bought two houses. She was thriving. She was bubbling. And suddenly this man came into her life. Short while, a few years, two or three years, the woman started threatening the life of the woman. The man has investigated about settlement in divorce. And then the, the daughter at home started calling him. And when she was talking to the daughter while they were planning to be married, and the daughter was talking with her, but the moment they married, the, the, the daughter wouldn't want to talk to her anymore. And so all hell set loose against her. Eventually, the man pushed her, and she, he divorced her. And she can't, because the man was promising that one day I will throw you out of this house and you'll be dead. When the man said that four times, no one told her. She filed in the divorce. When she filed in the divorce, the man knows about the alimony, whatever the case may be. The man went away with 15,000 quid. Or 15 quid. 1,000 quid. Is it quid? You call it? 15K. 15K, you call it. The 15 that K is not good 15. The man went away with money. And they told the woman to settle him. Because she was lucky that the man was not sharing in paying the mortgage. And the man did not invest in an extension of the building or anything structural. But yet, he's contributing towards maintenances like bill. Because the woman pays a mortgage, the man just pays slight big gas bill. When they worked it out, amounted to percentage of the whole building as at the time of settlement, they gave her 15, him 15,000. And the man went away. Till today, we don't know where he is. Another woman came one day to me in this church, in the seat, no, in my second office, and said, I want to marry a man. And the man is tall. As the man came in, ah, apostle, ah, I've been talking about you. I don't miss your program. You know when you start to sing your praise? I first sit down and say, my God, my God. <laughs> Who can this be? So, as he was talking, been talking about me, how good I am, how fantastic my messages are, how powerful, how convincing. So we sat down. And I said, what do you come for? Because in my dialect, if anybody, I know you, you have befriended my daughter. If you come to me, I will still ask you, why are you here? Maybe you came to borrow bicycle. I kill bicycle. And before you ride your bicycle and come, or maybe you want to eat, as you are eating with me, somebody else will come and ask my daughter's hand in marriage. I will give my daughter away to that person. And if you say that, that's what I came for. No, it's food you came for. So whatever the case may be, I asked the man that, yeah, what can I do for you? He said, uh, 
Uh, I want to marry your daughter. And she told me that uh, we have to come and see you today. I said, did my daughter tell you who you are, is bringing you to see? She said, it's Apostle Williams. I said, okay. You are not a member of my church. You didn't know Apostle Williams. Ah, he said, I know you, sir. Every Sunday I watch you. I said, okay. Are you born again? Ah, born again. I am. <laughs> born, really born. Well born. I say, okay, which church do you go? M-M-M. And then he mentioned the name of a church. What's the name of your pastor? He mentioned the name of your pastor. I said, that's very good of you. It is good to be a Christian. Because a Christian must marry a Christian. Must he marry a Moabite or Amorite? And he said, he's born again, very born again. And so we're talking. As we were talking, the, I was asking the Lord and waiting. And the Holy Spirit, Sambalat, the Holy Spirit told me that um, I should look. And when I looked beside him, I saw a boy, about five years old, standing. I, I said, Who is this boy standing by you? He first looked at me. He looked, <laughs> he looked beside himself. He looked at me. I said, Who is this boy standing by you right now? Here, I can describe the boy if you want me to tell you. He said, now, sir, that you have seen it, it's my son. <laughs> I said, it's your son. He said, yes. I asked his sister, did he tell you that he has a son? He said, yes. And I said, you want to marry him? He said, yes. I said, okay, if the son is standing by you, there must be something more than that. He said, no, no, I don't have anything to do with the mother anymore. I just pay the mother money every month. Pastor Sidney know this person. He said, I, I just pay him money every month. I said, okay. The Lord said to me that I should look at him. And I saw him in London here, entering the door of that woman last week. The door of the woman. Somebody who has the key of another person's house. Eh? And say he doesn't have a relationship with that person. Tell me, how did the key of their house reach your hand? If it's just to go and give them sustenance for your son, how did the key enter your hand? Ah, I said, oh God. How, when did you see the person? I said, long time ago. I, don't, I just sent money. I said, look at you. Last week, look at your leg in the door. Not only that, you opened the door. <laughs> Do you know what? The man was looking at me now, confused. I said, I told you, you didn't know Apostle Williams. You only heard of me on television. <laughs> the Lord told me, and I said to him that, you have not done away with that woman. You are close with the woman. Intimate relationship. You're only looking for a woman you'll be sleeping with. And I told the sister, this man will sleep with you and dump you. You have raised you. Okay? This, No. And I said, all right, sir. I said, see you. You can go. The man left. But let me tell you something. This I didn't discuss with anybody. I think I spoke with Pastor about the issue. And I told mommy, the woman left this church. And that's what made me say it. 
when she was giving excuses about why she left, he said that she left when they called her. Even when we called her, he said, why, why did you leave? You are four people. You can't do that. And she said, uh, well, if, I'm, if Apostle calls himself my father, why should he talk to me somehow? He was talking about talk to her somehow in the choir. And I told mommy that, no, 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 no. In the choir, if I talk to the choir, it has nothing to do with anybody. I'm a head of the church. I'm a shepherd of the choir. I am a chorister myself. So if you do wrong, I'll correct you. And if I correct anybody, it's not uh, anything to be angry of because a child the father loves. So, but when that rumor was good, I said, okay, let me tell you guys. This is what happened. It came to me at this time. This is what happened. That's why she left. If, she, if you phone her again and she says the lie, tell her what I said. So that she will know that she should shut her mouth or else I will tell the whole church, this person, this is why he left. And I mentioned her name. I had the right to do so. I did not sign any form of confidentiality with anybody <laughs> when, I'm pray- when, I, when I'm praying with them. I was together now. Because, you know, they are just case laws for me, you know. As a vicar. But you know why I'm telling you this? The end of it will be deception. Isaiah chapter 1, I think. And that's where I'm going to end you. And we will talk. In this one, I want you to ask me any question. You remember that God chose for, um, for Adam, isn't it? If you look at the book of Genesis 24, when Abraham was going to choose for the sent his messenger to go and choose a wife. You know what the wife did in verse 12? He said, then he prayed. That is the servant. Prayed, O Lord God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master. See, I am standing beside this spring and the daughter of the townspeople are coming out. That is daughters. To draw water. Not any of the daughter is suitable. May it be that when I say to a girl, now not girls, please let down your jar that I may have drinks, drink, and she says, drink, no, drink, and I water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for me, for Isaac. You understand what principle? A hospitable woman. A woman, I say, I want to drink. Ah, not only you, I will give you a drink. All these camels, are, they need drink. Now, listen, there are four. He must have spoken it to some other girls who were just walked away. Because he asked for us, I need a girl who is hospitable. And he prayed to the Lord. You have to pray to the Lord about the person you marry. Don't rush into marriage because you can't rush out. <coughs> and a man must marry a woman that is hospitable. If she's not hospitable, a man who will, who will be hospitable, if a woman is hospitable, I'm talking about a woman, sorry. If a woman is hospitable, what? Let me give you men key. A woman who does not love your mother heartily can never love you. Because boys always love their mothers. Get that right. And if a woman is distincting you between you and your mother, Aha! Don't sign contracts. 
A wife will adopt the mother of the husband as mother. Of course, we understand that there are some mothers who are wicked, but she will still be loving them. To the extent that it is the son that says, Ah, mom, why are you doing this? She loves you. One who will feed my, feed, give me drink, and feed my camel. You can imagine if I married one of those women, one of them women in CFT, that when, as I come today, my, my coat was button, the top button is up, and people are wondering what is happening. The shirt was buttoned zigzaggedly. Because I have just received some beating before I flew, <laughs> flew out of the window. And, uh, you know, I came so late and I was coming. Jow, 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 jow. <laughs> Father. And I knelt down there. I'm supposed to come and preach. I knelt down there. I began to pray for mercy. Lord, let me obtain mercy, oh God. <laughs> Help me, Father. Father, Father. And when I come, I say, uh, Today, <laughs> church, today... <laughs> Oh, all right, all right, all right. Today, we shall be talking about marriage. Unless the Lord build the house. They never even. Oh, I say, get up, everybody. Let's pray. Send thunder. Every bad woman who destroys family. Thunder is right there. Yes, the name Jesus. Thunder, thunder, thunder. And she's sitting over there. She knows I'm the one sending the thunder. And she knows I'm sending the thunder too. And if she is not taking, she'll just get away. I had enough. I had enough of thunder in this church. How will you feel if that was my wife? You will just be going to God and say, ah, God, why did he choose such a woman? <sighs> but he should have had you now. <sighs> God deliver apostle. <laughs> so therefore, in closing, the book of Isaiah says, I think it's chapter 1, is mommy's um, scripture. She's the one who always emphasizes on this. And... Uh, Whenever I want to read this, she's the one who always. Uh, no, 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 it's proverb, really. She's the one who always tells me the right scripture on this. Look at Proverbs chapter 2. All right. No. 27.15. What is that one? Let me see it. That is not the... No, it's chapter 1 of Proverbs, verse 8. It says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. I stop there. When we will come back, I think I will talk to you about the role of parents... You need to listen to your parents when they say no to a relationship. You need to think twice. Because you may be educated. Okay? That is letter. Education does not give wisdom. It gives you knowledge. 
Okay? Wisdom comes by old age and experience. And your mother especially, if your mother, if you're a man, and your mother has reservation about the person you want to marry, be careful. Sit your mother and tell mother, tell me what is it. What she tells you, watch it, you will find it there. Because women know women. Men don't know women. You know, your dad can just say, yeah, yeah, to any woman working <laughs> on a high heel. <laughs> as long as she's working, she has good steppings, you know. Dad can say, all right, that's not all right. But the woman will look behind the steps and say that there are some bad intentions in these steps. And mothers are always correct. So listen to your father's teaching and your mother's instruction. Shall we just pray? We're going to pray one prayer point.